Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. Several times on this podcast, we've talked about the word the. In episode 222, we said that usually the definite article doesn't go with proper nouns. That's why my friends and family call me Mignon and not the Mignon. For some proper nouns, though, it's not so clear. Why do we have the Velvet Underground, but not the Led Zeppelin? And are the reasons for shortening the Ukraine and the Congo to just Ukraine and Congo the same reasons that some journalists are reporting on Central African Republic? Stay tuned as we take a closer look at the word the and how it behaves with bands, brands, and foreign lands. A general rule about band names in the definite article is that plural band names that suggest that they refer to the individual band members tend to get a the. It's easiest to explain with an example. Let's take the nominal phrase exploding pickle. Now suppose that Squiggly, Aardvark, and Fenster have formed a band and named it the Exploding Pickles. This name suggests that Squiggly is an exploding pickle, as are Aardvark and Fenster. Not literally, of course, but in a figurative way. We have to redefine the phrase exploding pickle so that it means any member of the set made up of Squiggly, Aardvark, and Fenster. The definite article emphasizes that these are the only exploding pickles. This rule also explains why speakers tend to add the to some band names that don't already have it, but not to others. Article-free band names such as Eagles and Talking Heads began to appear in the 1970s. But these bands and later ones, such as Red Hot Chili Peppers, often end up with a the in front of their name anyway, because you imagine that each member of these bands is an eagle, a talking head, and a red-hot chili pepper. I'm not saying it's cool to be careless with a band's name by adding the definite article when they don't want it. I'm saying that if you're confused, it's their fault, not yours. Likewise, plural noun band names that don't suggest they're referring to the members of the band don't get carelessly prefaced with the so much. For example, some commenters on a language log post suggest that speakers rarely put the before the names Bare Naked Ladies and Dire Straits, because these names don't suggest that each band member is a bare naked lady, they're all men, or a dire strait, because the idiom dire straits doesn't refer to actual straits. <clears throat> 
What about those singular band names, though, like the Velvet Underground or Led Zeppelin? This was actually the question that got me started on this episode. When I was in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, I had coffee with Penn Gillette, who, in addition to being half of the incredible magician duo Penn and Teller, likes to talk about grammar. He wondered why a sentence like "I went to see the Jefferson Airplane" sounds okay, but "I like the Led Zeppelin" doesn't. And other band names work with or without the definite article. When he said that, I was thinking the Jefferson Airplane. I didn't know until I did a Google search that people actually said that, or at least they used to. Returning to our example, suppose that Squiggly, Ardvark, and Fenster have named their band the Exploding Pickle. This name suggests that the entire band is figuratively an exploding pickle, and that only one such pickle exists. I believe this is how some of the singular noun band names that began to appear in the late 1960s were regarded, and that this is why you can find mentions of bands such as the Jefferson Airplane or the Buffalo Springfield in books, newspapers, and magazines of the time. On the other hand, suppose that our three musicians have formed a band and named their band just Exploding Pickle without the the. In this case, Exploding Pickle is just the name of the band, and that's it. There's no metaphor step in between. The fact that the name is a noun isn't even relevant, since you could take any kind of phrase and use it as a name. For example, they might be giants is a sentence. And of monsters and men is a prepositional phrase, but they're both band names. This seems to be the more usual way to think of singular band names these days, and I suspect that's why some of those singular noun band names, such as Jefferson Airplane, that used to have a definite article, have lost it now. The bottom line is that fans are likely to think a band name should have the in the name. If they view the name as describing the members rather than being collective, in other words, we probably don't call it the Led Zeppelin because we simply think of Led Zeppelin as the name of the band, and don't think of it as describing the band. But we probably do call them the Eagles because we'd say Don Henley is an eagle. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules, only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life. Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Hey there, if you are a curious person who loves to learn, there's another podcast I think you'll really enjoy. Freakonomics Radio is hosted by best-selling author Stephen Dubner and drives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why using swear words is more important than you think and the psychology behind why projects are always late. New episodes of Freakonomics Radio are available every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly moving on to brand names. An article in the Wall Street Journal in 2011 noted that many brands, especially those involving high technology, are moving away from the definite article. It observes that Facebook used to be the Facebook, and the makers of the Kindle, the BlackBerry, and the Wii all refuse to use the definite article with these names. One reason for doing this is to save space and characters in web addresses and tweets. But another reason, according to two marketing experts quoted in the article, amounts to the idea that a singular count noun without an article sounds like something more personal than a mere object or corporation. As for foreign lands, we covered this in episode 322, another episode on the definite article. One rule we stated is that if the name of the country includes a common noun, such as state or kingdom, then the name takes the definite article, just the way we expect definite count nouns to do. So that's why we have, for example, the United States and the United Kingdom. The confusing cases involve the definite article before places, such as Gambia or Ukraine. Here's what we said in that episode. Many countries whose names derive from important geographical features take a definite article. For example, the Philippines refers to the Philippine Islands. The Gambia refers to the Gambia River. And the Netherlands literally means the lowlands. We also noted that in the case of Ukraine, use of the definite article in English writing was even taken to be an insult after its independence from Russia in 1993. The geographical feature rule was so well established that even though it's not certain that the word Ukraine ever referred to a geographic feature, referring to it as the Ukraine seemed to suggest it was just a geographic region of a larger place, not a nation unto itself. Recently, I've noticed that in stories about an incipient civil war in one African nation, some sources refer to it as the Central African Republic, while others say just Central African Republic. I wonder if some hypercorrection is going on here. This is what happens when, for example, speakers are corrected numerous times for saying you and me when it's non-standard grammar, and even mistakenly conclude that it's always wrong. As a result, they now say you and I, even when that's non-standard grammar. Some journalists may have similarly concluded that it's always politically incorrect to use the in front of African or Asian country names. All this analysis, though, will get you only so far. Exceptions still exist, and at some point, all you can do is note that some names take a the and others don't. 
the Cambridge Grammar of the English Language handles the matter by just proposing some vocabulary to refer to this fact. It calls proper nouns that require the definite article weak proper nouns, and those that do not strong proper nouns. And with that in mind, this is Grammar Girl, not the Grammar Girl, saying thanks for listening. This podcast was written by Neil Whitman, who has a PhD in linguistics, blogs at literalminded.wordpress.com, and is a regular columnist for the online resource Visual Thesaurus. I'm Mignon Fogarty. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life, which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.